Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I'm on a journey to get better in all areas of life, from wellness and mental health to career and relationships and so much more. I know getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when you can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Menunos. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Better Together. When you know better, you get better. That's our goal here every single day. Our quote of the day today comes from Judy Wilkins-Smith, our guest yet again, because we loved her so much. I was like, wait, we didn't get to everything that we wanted to get to mm-hmm. last time talking multi-generational patterns and your emotional blueprint. And so she is back today, but we'll start with her quote. Money stimulates and reveals our deepest fears and provides the means for realizing some of our greatest joys. Ooh, I think I need to do that again. Money stimulates and reveals our deepest fears and provides the means for realizing some of our greatest joys. How true. Ooh, Heel Squad, welcome back. Today, we're going to be chatting with Judy Wilkins-Smith yet again, as I said, who wrote the book, Decoding Your Emotional Blueprint. If you haven't seen her first episode, I highly, highly recommend you go back and listen to it. We talk all about uh, transformation through disentangling multi-generational patterns, something that I'm working on right now. Today's episode, though, we're going to be talking about money and how we can have better relationships with it. And that's because it's funny, in, in my 44 years on this planet, um, I've watched a lot of people have um, built-in beliefs about money. If you want money, you're bad. The more money you have, the more problems, which is kind of one of my things, right? I've been thinking about that for the last ooh, 10 years, I think where it's like more money, more problems. Biggie was right. right. (laughs) (laughs) And so, um, and yeah, it was at a Tony Robbins seminar where I realized, oh, I'm allowed to want more and dream bigger and it's okay. Um, So your relationship with money is really important because you could be shutting down so much that you don't even realize uh, and by the way, a lot of it might not be your stuff. So what I've I've realized in the last few months with the Dr. Joe work is that I had adopted a lot of my parents' beliefs about money. Mm. But my parents grew up in villages with no running water. You guys, I don't know 
Pooja, your parents were born in the States, right? Or were they born in India? No, they were both born in India. Okay. But were like, what was their youth like? They were both like really poor growing up. Okay. So similar situation, right? My parents grew up, no running water. Uh, in fact, when my dad was born, his labor was so painful. It was three days to give birth to him that she said, throw him out, like get rid of him. Like it was so brutal. So now imagine, (laughs) imagine the issues that, uh, that go there. Um, and you know, they ate meat once a year. They didn't have toothbrushes. They didn't have shoes. They didn't have anything. So there's a lot of lack in a sense, but when they were there, they didn't, I think when you're kind of in those situations, you don't know any better too much. Um, and then you come to this country and, you know, they worked hard and, uh, they definitely had a lot of really hard times. And I remember vividly every single day, the conversation in the house was about money. We don't have enough. We don't have any, no, no, dad, can I, no, no, no. Mm. And there was so much fear around money and, um, you know, and, and so I adopted a lot of that without knowing it, just like Judy talked about in the first episode. Um, those aren't my things. Those are their things that I sponged, took on and, you know, live my life now. And despite my success, am very poor in my mind, which makes no sense and never did. So, um, Pooj, I'd be curious to hear, um, if you think you have any kind of, um, patterns that you took on from your parents as well in this department, then Kelsey, I want to hear from you too. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, they, I think I'm like one off from your generation. Like my parents are like you, like they had, like the same experience where I was fortunate enough not to have those issues growing up. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, in general, like it was always like a scary thing. Cause like I saw them build their wealth. It wasn't like I was born into it. If that makes sense. Like it was over the years. So I saw like, yeah, they wake up at 5am and come back really late and you have to work hard for your money. So that was, it was more for me. Like I knew it wasn't just something that was going to come if that makes sense. It was less like scared. I was never going to have it. It was like, oh, you have to work your butt off for it because this is not something that my family was like just given. It was something that I knew that like all my aunts, all my uncles, all my, you know, grandparents like had to work really, really hard for and still have to work Mm -hmm. really hard for. So that's more of the pattern I took on where it was like, no matter what I do, it's going to be like my hundred percent because I know that's the way I'm going to get it which I guess can be good and bad because, right, extremes are never <laughs> good, but it also taught me to work really hard. So so that's yeah. more of more of my situation. So Pooj, your parents would get home at what time? They were doctors, obviously, for everybody who hasn't heard Pooja talk about her parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, when I was younger, like a lot later, maybe like six or seven, my dad still comes home pretty late. My mom has more lenient hours now that they've, you know, the careers have developed and and they're more established but um but yeah I mean they still like wake up so early and and we saw that like it was not something that was like hidden like we saw Mm -hmm. mom and dad work really hard and like and but we also got to see like okay yeah then we moved into a different house like now we got nicer things like we saw that process so I'm grateful that I did 
because I know that it wasn't just something that like came from the sky, you know, like that mm-hmm. wasn't just uh, auto, an automatic thing that, that we were just kind of handed from the generation above. So I'm curious, watching your parents having to work at 5 a.m., did that make you not want to work as hard? Or does it like, or if I said to you tomorrow, Pooj, we're getting up, we're working at 5 a.m. and we might not get done till 7 p.m. What are you, What is your take? Yeah, I think, I mean, I if, if it's just part of the job, then it's part of the job, right? It's what you got to do. So yeah, if, if, that's, if that was the case, then we do it. And we've had like long nights here, you know, at like, we in the beginning, like when we were developing the website and, you know, other projects where we'd stay late and it was never like, oh, like, like, you know, screw them for making us stay late. It was like, no, this is what you got to do. And this is just, you know, this is part of the process and, and you have to embrace it. And if this is the life you want, then this is what, this is the hours you have to put in. And that's what mm-hmm. I saw. Like they were able to get the life they have now because of the hours they put in. So I know I would have to do the same thing if I wanted that. And if I don't, that's fine, but I can't expect it. But have I you don't. decided what you want? I'm just curious if you have a built-in belief about how you want to live your life. Like, is it, were they too much for you? Were they too extreme or, or have you even formed that? Cause you're still so young. I don't know. Yeah, no, they, I, I do want to model like what they did, maybe not as like 5am every day kind of thing. Um, obviously, um, but they've always had like a good balance of, of making sure that like, like there was always family time. There was always time to have fun. Like they were always good at keeping that balance. Now that I'm older, I'm like, wow, they must've been so exhausted doing that. (laughs) So maybe it's a little bit more difficult. Um, but, but no, yeah, I, I respect what they did and, and. Yeah. Uh, for now, that's what I want. Maybe once I get a little older, I might get a little <laughs> tired. But as of now, I'm I'm trying to model what they did for sure. I know. It's funny because we had to wake up and be at work at 5 a.m. with my parents our whole lives. So, and then I had to do it at Dunkin' Donuts. And then I had to do it at ET and MTV and all these shows. And then eventually I was like, no, more. I'm done <laughs> with this. I, I became allergic to it. Uh, Kelsey, over to you. Yes. Just like how my parents grew up. I mean, my dad was one of five and they grew up pretty poor. And my mom um, was raised by, well, her dad like left her very early on. So my grandma raised them. And so they didn't have a lot. They just had her income as well. Um, So my dad was always super frugal growing up and like it's kind of same thing it was like you have to work for your money so I worked since I was in seventh grade I like they would give us our like allotment and then I was I mean all kids want a lot right so I was always like I want the next coolest pair of jeans or this or I remember Mm -hmm. you know like the juicy trends and my parents were always like absolutely not unless you're we're gonna work for it so I literally I had a million jobs yeah from like very early on so I think I adopted that from um both of them definitely more my dad my dad was not around a lot because he worked so much um but yeah it's it's interesting because I think that like my sister and I've talked about like how frugal he was when really he made he he did well for himself but he still acted frugal and so like we've definitely taken on those traits where it's like no I actually I have money I'm I'm okay I don't need to like speak like I don't um because that was something that he did and I'm like damn, I don't want that. Like, I don't want that. It was always like, always part of the conversation. Like whether it was at dinner, I was like, no, like, let's not get the second glass of wine or whatever. And it's like, but we can afford it. So like, why, why not? You know? So anyways, yeah, I think that. So you were a renegade since like you, you noticed that pattern and said, 
no, I'm not taking this on. Yes and no. Like I was always really weird about money growing up. Like, like I said, I, I worked. And so I would literally like, I had like a stash in my room that I would like, I would hide it. And I, I saved from like early, early, early on because I knew that he wasn't going to buy shit for me. So I was like, if I want it, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to work for it. But I think that it was almost like a slightly unhealthy, like, I don't know. I was like, cause I would, I would save it, save it, not want to spend it. So that's where it was like, I adopted that from him that I think I'm in the last couple of years, I've like been working on that. I'm like, no, you can spend it, which is interesting because I do like, I will go spend it, but then I like have so much guilt over it or, you know, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, let's bring Judy in so let's she can decode it. all of our emotional <laughs> money patterns. Let's do it. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back with Judy Wilkins-Smith. Hey, Hill Squad and Better Together fam. It's been a tough year, but we hear from so many of you just how much our content is helping you heal and get better. And it makes us feel so good. Our team works so hard to deliver this life-changing content. And a lot of you guys ask, how can I have a bigger role in our Heal Squad community? Or how can I do my part to help Better Together continue to uplift even more people? First of all, thank you for that sentiment. And we're so grateful for this community. If you could help us by giving us a five-star rating rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts. That's amazing. Second, you could join the Better Together with Maria Menounos Instagram page. Third, you could share the show with a friend in need. And finally, for as little as $10 a month, please join our Patreon to get monthly live heal events with world-class healers, ad-free episodes of our show, and even weekly bonus episodes exclusive to Patreon. Getting better isn't easy, but it is a whole lot better when we can do it together. We love and appreciate and are so grateful for all of you. (laughs) So Judy, thank you for being back with us last time you were on, which was just a short time ago. I said that we didn't get to everything that we wanted to get to. And a really big topic I know for a lot of us is money. And our relationship with money is really important. And we started the show chatting with the girls about our relationships with money, what it means to us. Me, for example, I grew up in a house where there was always a lack. Um, It was always, we don't have enough. We can't, we don't have any money. And then at some points we really had zero money um, for food and stuff. So my issues that I recently figured out were, I always thought I was poor, even when I wasn't poor, because that's how I was raised. And that was what I took on. Pooja was mentioning her parents um, grew up poor in India. Um, Pooja, you might want to tell um, Judy a little bit about your relationship with money and Kelsey too, because I think it's it's really interesting to hear all of our different experiences. Yeah, I was saying earlier, I didn't not have like the same experience as Maria. I think my parents did where like they were the generation where they grew up with like little to no money. So the, maybe in like the back of their head, that was always a pattern. Um, but for me, it was more like I saw that money wasn't just, it didn't come easy. Like I had a, they had to work hard. Like I saw them wake up early in the morning and come back like later at night um, and do the same thing like every day. And, and they had to work really, really hard for their money. But I do remember for them, like we're not, like we are very much like live in your means kind of people. Like don't overextend, like, I've always heard that growing up from my dad, like live in your means, don't like spend more than you can. Like even with investments, they're not like risk, risking, risky with their money. They're very risk averse. Like 
I heard that a lot growing up. So even now, like they, even though they are fine, like financially, they're not ones to like play with their money. Cause I'm sure in the back of their mind, it's still like, you know, we got to make sure everyone's okay. Like they have parents they're taking of, taking care of. Like I have siblings in college still, like they still have people they ha are responsible for. And they were kind of like you, Maria, they were responsible for like, you know, like three, three parents growing up or, you know, as adults taking care of them financially and physically and, you know, health wise. So I think even now, like I'm still like that. Like I've never want to like go spend when I'm like, oh, maybe like I wouldn't be like, let me go buy this purse, even though like maybe like it'll be fine. I was still like, no, no, no. Let me save that. Let me save that in case, you know, there's a rainy day. So I guess talking out, talking about it, like I do kind of have those patterns, but my right. main pattern is like work hard and that's how you get money. Work, oh yeah, I love it. Work hard and get money. Make sure that you have it all squirreled away. And, and Maria's is, we're poor, we're poor, we're poor, we're poor, no matter what. I haven't heard Kelsey's yet, and I'm curious. But what you're both um, referring to are patterns that have crept in as a result of events or circumstances. And even though those patterns are done and it's no longer the truth, we're still holding on to those as though they were the truth and still living it that way. And I literally see and have worked with billionaires who will tell me, oh, no, you know, you, you, you've got to be careful. So the truth kind of goes, or whatever the truth is, goes flying out the window and this piece takes over and it dominates and that becomes the pattern. No matter how much we've got, it's not enough. Be careful of that rainy day. So we almost develop, I think it's called cherophobia, that, that whole idea that the other shoe is going to drop really quickly. So be careful, be careful. And money becomes this be careful thing. Kelsey, oh. tell me about yours. Mine is similar in the sense of like for me, my dad, my dad grew up poor here, but one of five kids. Um, so like his, he always, it was like, yeah, work hard, get money. He was not around a lot when I was growing up because he literally would go in so early, get home so late, work weekends. And the interesting dynamic that I didn't mention earlier that I think um, I've kind of adopted a little bit with my mom was she raised us. Like that was, that was her job. And I, I don't think that she was seen for that job. So it was like she, her money was still like my dad's money. And so he kind of, he made that apparent and she would like any other like side jobs she had, she'd be like, okay, no, th like this is my money. I have to like save this for my rainy day fund. Um, so I think I've kind of adopted a little bit of that because my dad was very frugal growing up. And what I was telling them earlier, Judy was I, you know, like, t like most teenagers do. It's like, we want all the fun, fancy things. And then of course. The, the coolest new pair of jeans. And he was like, absolutely not. You can work for it. So I worked since I was like in seventh grade, just whatever, whatever it was. And I would just like hide my little stash and my little ATM in my closet, but I never wanted to spend it. I would like, you know, save, 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 save. And I could buy something, but I wouldn't. And if I did, I had so much guilt over it. Like, and I still do absolutely. to this day. Yeah, yeah, so I guess that, that's kind of mine. And I'm always scared even if I have it. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to have enough or I'm going to, you know, not be okay. So now picture yourself sitting on the other side of it as money. Mm. I'm squandered. I'm hidden. I'm locked. I'm scared of. Imagine that being friendship or the relationship you have with money because money is a relationship, not a commodity, right? Mm. So we're all sitting there having these terrifying relationships with money and money's going, what the, <laughs> really, people? Can we? Can you love me a little? And mm -hmm. and a lot of it then becomes a mindset. It doesn't matter how much you have, it'll never be enough. 
So what you want to look at and what I say to people to break that kind of thing is look at how much, if something were to go wrong tomorrow, how much do I need to have and what can I work towards to get that? Once that's there, you don't get to say that one anymore because it's not true. And if you have a look at all of the things that you say about money, like there's never enough, there's never enough, is it really your truth anymore or whose truth are you still holding on to? Perhaps a better way to deal with that is to say to mom, dad, all of the parents, thank you so much for saying there wasn't enough. And then to yourself, thank you for wanting, because the way that we evolve in life is by wanting. So thank you for wanting. And then to money, thank you for being such a, excuse me, such a patient friend. Um, money, money wants to be wanted. It wants to know where to flow. It is like any other big force. And I notice that we often put it as an either or, right? It's either love or money. It's work-life balance or money. It's, uh, true fulfillment or money. Pearl money's become this all thing instead of an and thing. And with money, there's so much good that you can do for you and for others around you. It's it's how you educate yourself. It is a master mentor, really. Money is a master mentor. And the way that you relate to it is the way it will show up for you. When you begin to really have a loving relationship with it, and you get up in the morning and I say to people things as simple as, good morning, money. Thank you so much. I have a warm bath this morning or a warm shower. Good morning, money. Thank you for the gas that's going into my car. You get me from A to B. Good morning, money. Did you see somebody took me out to lunch? Wasn't that amazing? I get it was a gift. When we begin to change our attitude to money, we begin to see that it is no different than love or any of those other big, big emotions. It is truly a wonderful, wonderful relationship. When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. (laughs) And that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're going to love it. I wonder too if, um, gosh, I think that it robs us of so much joy to have this kind of challenging relationship with money, because I know for myself, there was a point in my career where Kevin looked at me and he said, you need to start feeling your success. And if you don't, I'm going to go start shopping for you and bringing it home. Like you need to shop. And 
my stylist at the time would always like be shocked at me because I was like, oh, no, 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 I can't buy that because people give me things and I should just be grateful for with whatever I get, even if it's stuff I didn't want. I was like, well, I'm getting gifts. How dare I want more than that or want something different than that? So I had to unravel a lot of stuff because my parents would see this when they'd come to California, like, Maria, you so lucky, everybody, they sending you things. I'm like, yeah, I know I am. And then I would feel guilty that I didn't have the actual jeans I wanted. I was just using the ones that were sent to me. I know this sounds like very high end problems. I get it. No, 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 it's really not. It's a mindset that you're talking about. And mm -hmm. it's that be grateful for what you've got. Stop. Money is one of the best mentors for teaching us not to limit ourselves. Don't do that. When you've saved for something and you want that thing, go and get it and tell money thank you. And yeah, what you were doing was taking on mom and dad's old language. Mm -hmm. Look how lucky you are. Look how much people love you. Look at what they give you. You should be grateful for what you've got. I'm truly grateful for what I've got. Which of them would you like? But you don't have to take that on. It's the, it's the good girl syndrome, and mm -hmm. it's what we all have. We have the good kid syndrome. If mom and dad said that we don't have money, well, it <clears throat> doesn't matter if I've got $100 million, We don't have money. Yeah, or the shame that parents will instill in you um, because their fears of you like losing it. So for me, because I was having this really incredible success, there was so much terror involved in any move I was making, if I was going to leave a show, my dad would have a freaking heart attack. I'm like, dad, no, no, it's a good move. It's a good move. And he would just be so freaked out about like what could happen, what bad things could happen. Eventually that stuff kind of sticks with you too. And changes like, you know, me being a renegade, then I started getting scared too. I was breaking away, but then ooh, they would get me back in. Um, so, so you had the two patterns, right? You had that beautiful thing. You know, we spoke about, mm -hmm. you always have a pattern trying to emerge so that the other one can rest. Well, the one for you that wanted to rest was just be grateful for what you've got. And then the other one of, if you've got a job for heaven's sake, don't mess it up. And yes. that was very much the older generation's thinking. You don't job hop. Are you out of your mind? Mm -hmm. These days, if you're in the workforce, and I, I do a lot of executive coaching, if you're not moving, they look at you and go, you're obviously not very marketable. So times have changed, and we've got to be able to change and flow with it. So when we hold on to the old pattern, then we wonder why we're miserable, frustrated, limited, mm -hmm. annoyed, stuck. It's because we're still trying to fit into the old pattern. Much easier to say to the old pattern, thank you. You got mom yeah. and dad this far. My turn to take it here. What, what new pattern is waiting for me? And for my kids that I'm going to have, because if I don't teach them that success is amazing, it's possible and attainable, and money is the most beautiful byproduct and companion, they're going to learn the same thing. They're going to be freaked out every time they, to Kelsey's point, they'll sit there and save it. And when somebody says, go and buy that thing, they're going to go, uh-uh-uh, uh, uh, uh. Uh no, 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 we don't buy, we save. Yep. Oh, no, I did the same thing. I mean... Uh, it, you know, and I think there's a balance too. Sometimes I didn't, but sometimes I did. But for the most part, I save, 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 um, because you're terrified for that rainy day, like Pooja mentioned as well. Absolutely. And you're terrified of the bottom falling out and then everyone laughing at you that you didn't handle your money well, because there's so much shame around it. So 
my question is how do we successfully break out of that scarcity mindset, that fear? Because I do know logically that there have been times where I have just said F it recently, as I've been noticing these patterns, I, there was a suitcase that I wanted and it's a lot of money. Normally I would be like, there's just no way. And I was like, you know what? F it. I'm worth it. I deserve it. I went, I bought it. And then other things started coming and I was like, oh, this is interesting. So the energy in which you purchase something, I believe makes a difference in how, because, you know, they say money has to flow. Like you said, it's got to, you got to spend it to get it in a weird way. I don't, how it works, you'll explain. But um, if you purchase with fear, then that's going to carry an energy. But if you purchase with, you know, balls and excitement it's, it's balls and love and appreciation <laughs> yeah. because here's the deal when you purchase with fear you're going oh that was a terrible that was a mistake i should never have done that that was too much oh my goodness let me put it away let me hide it i'm not going to use that i'll use it once or twice maybe but i'm going to feel guilty about it what are you doing you're saying to yourself money is not welcome here expressions of money are not welcome here flow is not welcome here now you're defaulting to the old family pattern which means eventually you will say i am so proud of being so frugal that i'm poor and money's going to go well clearly she doesn't want me here i better go find another place to hang out when you went in and you said to money at least to yeah to money i'm buying the suitcase or was you you said i'm worth it i deserve it yeah money come be a friend with me let's go and get that look what we did together look what the work just did together thank you let's do more of that money was like grab her while she's awake just get in there, people. Give her stuff so she gets the message. <laughs> yeah, it's like the reward so that you'll keep doing it. That's it. Keep keep doing it. Keep doing it. Money is begging, longing for a place to play with you. It's saying to you, we could have so much fun. Do you know all the things we could do? Maria, open your eyes. There's so much that we could make happen here. And what you're doing when you do that is you're serving your family system. You're saying to the family system, of course, we can expand. Somebody had to do it. I will take that. It's you're being loyal to the family in a very different way. You're saying for all of you who couldn't, I can watch me. There is a way. And now the family goes, darn, she's not burning in hell here because she's got money. Hmm, that looks interesting. Perhaps we'll all start moving our mindsets that way. So you really are serving your family, your community, and humanity when you start looking at money with love. Yeah. Um, Pooja, Kelsey, what are your thoughts on all of this? I love it. I think it makes so much sense. I think we don't look at money in that in that relationship way, right? That's like, we have to love it. We just see it as like something we need to live, right? And poor money is sitting there thinking, um, hi, look how much I'm doing for you. So I love that. I'm going to start talking to my money, Judy. I know you told me that too before. I think that like, yeah. that's such a great, great idea. I love it. And Pooja. Sorry, I had to press my button. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree. I And I like what you said, Maria, how you said when you spent that and you on like that suitcase and you celebrate it, you're like, oh, more things came in. And I mean, we've talked about this in general with energy where like the, the more good that you're letting in, the more space you're creating for the universe to like give you those rewards and celebrate, you know, those feelings and, 
and um, reaffirm those. So I'm going to start doing that too. I'm going to stop being afraid. And then, and then hopefully, hopefully we start seeing the same results, which I'm sure yeah. we will, because it just makes sense. Like Kel said. When you're not afraid, that survival brain switches off and creative brain switches on. When creative brain switches on, your heart opens, the gut settles, and now you start to have different thoughts and feelings. So you're populating your library very differently. And now you can see the opportunities. If if your creative brain is off, you're going to go into survival. And like I shared before, it doesn't matter how open you are to it. Money can come running at you. You're going to go, oh, yeah, no, probably not for me because in our family, we don't, we don't do that. You only live, we live beneath our means is mm-hmm. great because it will keep you safe. But if you're living beneath your means, um, uh, my question is, so what are you doing with the extra? How are you investing it, loving it, growing it, enjoying it? What are you doing with that? Because it needs to grow. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. This is such a hard topic, I think, for everybody, because especially as women, we want our independence. We and, and money is our only source of independence. Right. We have to we have to have it to survive. Um, and so it is really scary to think mm-hmm. like, you know, um, that you have to let go. But one of the things I notice, and, and the girls know this, when I came back from this Dr. Joe meditation week, my husband, and I told the story before, forgive me if you've heard it before Hill squad, but, uh, there were two hats on the back patio table. And I was like, look at Kevin, one isn't enough. He has to have two, but he always says I pay for my convenience. And so something clicked with me in that moment. And I said, oh my God, we've been together 24 years. And for 24 years, I've deprived myself. I wouldn't even buy the hat because I would think maybe I could borrow Kelsey's hat. I don't know. That's how crazy extreme I can be in some situations. But he buys two and we live in the same house and nothing bad has happened to him or to us as a unit. Now, yes, behind the scenes, I did spend one year hiding money from him and saving it like a psycho. And that set us up really well (laughs) at one point. But but also, like, it's true. He gets the flow of money. He's not afraid to spend. Now, he's not a big spender. It's not like he's going to Gucci. He doesn't. And if he's going to Gucci, there is, you know what? Gucci needs customers, people. (laughs) So he's, you know, he, he doesn't spend like that, but he's not afraid to spend. And if, if we were not together, I always say I would have every penny I ever made in my life in the bank. 1 billion percent, Judy, I was taught to squirrel it away and save every penny. If I wasn't with Kevin, Kevin was the one who kept pushing me to invest in myself and in my business. And so it's been, you know, this like teeter totter. Um, but what I've been learning in this last, let's say, seven months of this year is that nothing good really comes from that. And also when you think forward, you know, <laughs> life can be much shorter than we anticipate sometimes. And when Absolutely. are you going to spend it when you get sick and now you don't want to enjoy it because you're sad right. or you're ailing and you can't? So discovering a new relationship with our money is so important right now, I think, for all of us so that, especially in this critical time where we're, you know, in the middle of, you know, some financial crises out there, 
um, we're going to be more apt to go backwards um, as well. So and that's think- a mistake because it, when you're in a crisis, there are two <laughs> things. Number Sorry. one, you want to invest in yourself. It sounds crazy, but that's the time to invest in yourself because you will come out on the, on the, as the wave turns, you come out ahead of the wave. So it's really, really important. The other thing is to start asking yourself, what, how much bigger of a pie can I bake? Not how, how do I keep what I've got? It's what else can I create so that you're expanding? You want to really be a bit of a contrarian where people are going, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. You want to say to yourself, I wonder what's in that sky that I could use or build on. Then there's another piece that you brought up that's super interesting for me, and that's Kevin having two hats or two of this or two of that. In systemic work, and it's don't answer me now, but it would be curious, we often see that somebody who has to have two of everything, there is a missing sibling or somebody missing in the family. And that's the way that they quite unconsciously will keep that person present, to have two of everything. It represents the missing person. So that was just a a quick aside. But the money piece is so important because for those who have money, now's the time to start investing it, start expanding it, start expanding your whole relationship with it. And then you know what? Think about it this way. When you're doing well, what's the first thing you do? You turn around and you share. You share the knowledge, you share the money, whatever it is. If you didn't have that, you couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. So the mm-hmm. whole thing is, is really humankind serving. If we didn't have some of the, the really wealthy mm-hmm. people we do, we wouldn't have half of the institutions, half of the educations, half of the imaginations that we do. So it's really not to be afraid of money. And as you said, it's to have that beautiful relationship and watch yourself. Because when you bought that suitcase, you want to go back and sit with that suitcase and look at it and go, I love you. You are a beautiful suitcase. Thank you, money. Thank you for the gifts that I've been noticing and I am noticing. Show me what else I need to do here for you to flow. And have that conversation. Because the more you do that, the more you're going to open up. And you're going to look at everything that comes in and go, there's money. There's Mm -hmm. my other partner. Let's go play. It's a wonderful thing. All right, friends. Let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me. I've definitely overindulged in the past. But as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. 
I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T H E O U A I dot com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T H E O U A I dot com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. This is silly, but. Um, I, when my mom, when we were back here in Connecticut last year, in my mom's final months, I, my husband made a decision. He's like, let's make this house more of ours. We bought it. My parents have been living here all these years, but we're going to spend more time here since your dad's going to need us. Mm -hmm. So we started renovating and we started ordering furniture and all of that. So the furniture is all coming in and it's making such a difference. Oh my gosh. It's so beautiful. And I'm in this backyard and I feel like I'm in a resort. And I said, nice. I worked my ass off for 20 years and I was on a $15 lounge chair that was haggard and broken all these years here. Now, by the way, I didn't spend a lot of time here, but, um, but I said to Kevin, I said, if I could do things differently, looking back when we bought our home, I would advise me to not be afraid and buy the furniture that's going to make me happy and put it into the mortgage so that you don't feel the payment, right? Because if you, if you put it all in there over time, it's really nothing, but invest in the furniture that's going to make you happy because your home is your sanctuary. And then of course, now since COVID, it really is a whole other level of sanctuary, And so I said, you know, I don't know if people are going to understand that, but this is the episode to kind of pop this little, you know, bit of advice into, I think, because I see how I feel. I don't need to go to Greece right now. I feel like I have Greece in my backyard. I feel so happy here. So the money's a wash because it's actually not. You've just invested it beautifully. Think about this. You're sitting in your backyard. You've got Greece in your backyard. What happens for you? You start getting more creative and more productive and the ideas come in and you're saying to money, I love what we do here. Money goes, okay, let's go play and starts to flow in because you're giving it places to now come into. You're saying to Kevin, we're going to go do this production and we're going to do that. (laughs) And of course, it starts to just flow. It can't help itself. So your advice is really, really good. It's to say to people, when you're doing something, do it mindfully. When you're spending that money, take money in with you and say, hey, we're going to go get this chair or we're going to go and get the furniture and then love it every time you use it and allow it to become your creative genius place. Mm -hmm. Allow it to become the place where you de-stress because if you de-stress, you're no longer living by the the hormones of stress. You're now into the hormones of, of love and creativity. What does that do? It makes you more productive and useful to society. So really... By investing that way, you're actually growing your worth. Oh, Judy, 
it's like you read my mind. So this weekend we're by the pool and I literally with Kevin came up with exactly how we're going to expand this show and do the heel events that we've been wanting to do. Kelsey Pooja, I forgot to mention that to you guys, but, um, but I have the blueprint for it. And then today had another huge epiphany and creative moment. So there has not been a lack of creative opportunities, creative ideas, um, and then incoming stuff that's happening where you're like, oh my God, looks, this is like all exciting stuff that's happening. Um, and so I do feel like your energy, when you are happy, more will come to you in ways that you didn't even expect it. And so um, you're reading my mind. That's exactly what happened. I've never been happier in a backyard in my life, this backyard. And I didn't even fully set it up yet because it's, it's raining today. So I was like, Oh, you know, I don't want to, um, ruin it all. So I, even just the amount that I did was just unreal. I love it. And you were, it wasn't that you had to set it up. You wanted to. And that mm-hmm. is exactly what happens with, with those neural pathways and activating new neural networks. You want to do it. And so everything starts to pop. And the more it starts to pop, the more you want to do. And then you look at your your new show that you're doing, you go, well, okay, but is this big enough? Or do we want to reach this audience? Because if we reach this audience, think what we could do for that. And this is how money starts to play with you. It's a little bit like if you look at someone like Bill Gates, he did not start off saying, I'm going to be the richest man in the world. He started off with a little piece of technology and he kept saying yes. And he got more and more excited and he said, well, what if we have a a computer in every home? Now, Yes, he may be the richest man in America. How many people, I mean, in the world, how many people has he served? Doesn't matter whether you're controversially for or how many. And the more that you do this and the more that money comes in, the more that you can serve. And of course, you're going to be happy around it. You are teaching people that money is a wonderful friend and something that will come play with you if you're willing to play with it. Yeah. Queens, what are you thinking as you're hearing all of this? I want to check in with you. I loved, I like that money's going to play for you or play with you if you're willing to play with it. I love that. I'm literally going to write that down. It makes, it makes so much sense though, because if you're treating it like something, like you said earlier, Judy, treating it like something that's like you're just keeping locked away and like secret and hidden and you don't want to like love it or play with it, like it's not going to show up for you. So I love that. Yeah, me as well. I I always am like, I agree with Kelsey, but I do. And I think I love when you said like, you, you kind of said this where when you start thinking of money in like a more positive way, your mindset in all areas expands. So yeah. like you said, mm-hmm. once you start, you know, accepting money and allowing it to flow, like your ideas, like your creative ideas, you're like, is this big enough? Like, can this go bigger? What else can we do? And I like how that one part of your life Um, And this can go for money or for anything. But when you start thinking of like one part of your life in a more, I guess, positive, expanding way, it trickles, it trickles Mm -hmm. to all areas, all parts of your life, which I I love. Of course. And and the, the minute that you're doing that, you're actually giving it permission to start happening in and around you and you will start finding ways to attract that in. But it's always what more is possible? What more is possible? Come on, money, what can we do? And I I, I look at Maria, she didn't go in and say, or sit by the pool with Kevin and go, all right, 
we need to pull in X number of dollars today. So what are we going to do? That wasn't it. (laughs) She went, hey, what can we do? Look at this. What can we do if we do the show this way? And of course, that's going to attract it in. And then what can we do? And then what can we do? So the minute you do that, money becomes an and, not an or. And it is an and. As a first-time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. (laughs) Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, They keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. What if someone's listening right now and they're still like, yeah, but uh, there's a finite amount of money I can make a year. I know that in my job, say I'm, uh, I work at the postal office. Sure. They're maybe going to give me a 5% bump every year, maybe if I'm lucky. Um, and I know what my bills are and I, I'm still scared because that's my cushion. If something was to go wrong, if I was to get hurt or I was get, to get sick, what do you say to that person? I would say to that person, cause that was me when we moved over as new immigrants, we moved over with, that was what we moved over with clothes on your back. And that was it. Uh, And I had to have a very long, strong talk to myself because I was terrified. I think I told you the story where I went on a money walk. Yeah. Went on a money walk, had a long talk to money, realized it had been around me most of my life, but I hadn't been paying it attention and started to fall in love with it. Didn't have a clue how how it was going to flow. But just by changing my thoughts, it opened the door. I didn't feel so hopeless. I didn't feel so stuck and lost. I found ways. You know where you talk about, Kelsey's spoken about it, Pooja and her parents and you, squirreling away those bits. When you squirrel away even those little bits, you're actually accumulating hope. And you're accumulating possibility. And so what I would do is I would walk in and I would look at my little jar of coins and go, you're growing up, you're going to grow up. And it's just, it's staying with that. What did I do? I started doing things that really didn't make a lot of money, but I knew that the more I invested in in the idea and the more I ran with it, the more it would attract people to see what we were doing and how they could come play. And if you create a game that's big enough, people will come play. So what is yours? Is yours? I saw so many during the, the pandemic, people who were laid off work, and then went and did cupcakes. The TikTok guy, I saw him the other day, the top guy on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. You know the guy I'm talking about? Yeah, he yeah. had nothing. He was laid off and he started doing these. It's when we stop being so afraid of it. So the first thing I would do to, to answer your stuckness is sit down, take a piece of paper, write down what you tell yourself about money, write down all the fears, ask yourself, 
where they came from, and then ask yourself, is it still true? What one thing can I do to start saying, hey, money, I see you and bring it in? And I don't care if you did what, do what I did. I walked around the neighborhood going for my walks and money would find me. It was like it was continually saying, I'm here, I'm here. But I had to say to it, I want you and I want to be a friend of yours and I need to learn. And I had to teach myself and keep being willing to and invest. You know, you know, Maria, investing is like, I have to do what now? Mm-hmm. This is very hard earned money. I have to do what now? Well, money's like a plant. Sometimes you've got to invest it and you've got to water it. Now, are you going to lose it sometimes? Possibly. But is it going to grow if you keep growing with it? Yeah, because you're going to figure it out. I don't know about you, but I get burned once and then I figure out very quickly. I do not want to put my hand on the same hot plate. Yeah. So you write down your relationship with it, your thoughts about it. Your fears. And then... And your fears. And then how do you start to change it? Is it by spending and not having bad feelings and guilt around it? So is it uh, for some people, it's easy come, easy go. Well, is that the way that I want it to be? So it's one new thought, one new feeling, one new action. That's all you have to do one at a time, because otherwise you're going to get indigestion and give up. Can you give an example? Um of mine, one new thought, one new feeling, yes, one new action. Instead of saying, I can't teach only four people, it was, I have four people to teach. That became, so So, what else could I do? If I can teach four, can I teach eight? Hmm, I've got eight. If I can teach eight, what more do, so at the same time, I was very careful to make sure that in my mind, because mine is, if I'm not giving value, I don't get paid. So that was mine. I am giving value. I will always add value and then I will be rewarded. So it was really just taking each one of those thoughts that I had that didn't serve me and going, how do I, how do I flip you? Because there is always another side to you. How do I flip you? So for you, there's not enough. You're, there's not enough is, I'm beginning to realize what plenty looks like, and it's good. What can I do with this more that I have? It's great. Does this mean this is all there is? No. But what can I do with more? Now that you've got more, what can you put aside so that that little hidden loyalty to the family is satisfied? But what can I do with the rest? And how do I grow more? And what do I want to do with the more? Because the minute you know what you want to do with them all, that also gives it a place to flow. Mine was one day when I'm when I've got enough, I want to buy timeshare at Disney. First time I walked in and used that timeshare, you would have sworn I owned the whole resort. <laughs> I could not stop smiling. And it was literally bit by bit, bit by bit, because what happens is you find it starts trickling in and then it starts flowing in. And the healthier your thoughts and your feelings and actions become, the more you feel capable. Now you're building what they call a winner effect. And the winner effect takes hold. And you say, well, here's what I want to do next. So you're growing yourself up. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So the action is buying your timeshare in Disney. 
Yeah, be very clear about one small, mine wasn't a small thing. It wasn't small, but here's what happened. So you've also got to be aware and awake. So my brother was coming over. I had frequent flyer miles, which were enough to bring him, and I'd saved enough for them to come over. We hadn't seen them in about four or five years. And when I looked at the amount of money it would cost to put them up in accommodation and us, I suddenly realized, hold on, that's about a third of the amount that you can put down on timeshare, and they told you you could pay it off over 10 years. You can do I still get goosebumps. I, I think I, I burst into tears because I suddenly realized, and this is important, I was having a dream come true. And that is something to have. Put down that money. I could not have been. It also, for me, it built a bigger sense of worth. And I know that you've experienced that. It's like, wow, I did something. Okay, God, we did something, or universe, we did something. How do we do that again? So it becomes an exciting adventure to kind of create those bits. And But if you've got something finite, it makes it so much more rewarding. And like, like you said, when time came for me to put that money down, I kid you not, it took me about an hour and a half to hit the send button because I kept going, oh, <laughs> yes, but. I could do this, but uh, should I be, oh, is this, is, are we sure this is a good idea? And I hit send. And then I thought, now, of course, now, imagine if you've suddenly got a crisis. And I thought, stop, stop. You've got, my father had taught me to put money in envelopes. You have got money in the crisis envelope. Hit send. Wow. We, we've got to be willing to not just have the goal, but when it arrives and we have furniture that we're putting in the back garden and creating grease, we don't get to say no because money is going to get really annoyed if you do that. Wow. 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 I love that. And I, I love building the kind of the confidence and the self-worth and all of it. Um, that's really, really powerful. And showing and, others. You do it every time you get on the show. You're not just going, hey, this is all about me. You're saying, come play. Come play. Yeah. yeah. I think those are really great actionable steps um, because I can see kind of the through line of you changing your relationship, changing your beliefs. And then all of a sudden, because you're doing that, you have the thought process that pops in now that says, "Absolutely, wait a second, this is almost the down payment. I could actually do this. That wouldn't have come if you were still in scarcity mode and thinking those other thoughts exactly would never have been available to you. Um, and, and yeah, I think that's so cool. I mean, I just know what I'm feeling now. I was like, I went online and I bought more stuff yesterday. I was like, nor what I normally wouldn't do. I was like, oh my gosh, sticker shock. I bought a, a new kitchen table and chairs. And I was like, it's fine. And it'll be fine because it's always been fine. And it's not like I don't work. It's not like I don't try. It's all going to be fine. And I was There's so excited. Thing. Yes. And that's important. There's another piece that you want to add to that. It's going to help you like you can't believe. I am paving the way for others like me to do it too. If I can and I demonstrate it, they know that they can. Mm -hmm. And 
what I've also realized is if you're stifling yourself, then you can't dream. So you'll never make more. You're, You're like little, you know, little savings, Kelsey in the closet will just slowly dwindle because you'll need to go in there at some point. Right. And so if you stifle yourself so much, you can't, um, you're going to stifle everything. It's not just finances. It's, it's your, it's your mind and your, your ability to dream and to, to think bigger. And I think that your last episode, when you said, how big are you willing to be was really impactful. I know for me at least, because I was like, yeah, why am I playing small? I'm so scared of so many things, but what about the amazing things? Like you said, I wonder that's always something stuck that stuck to me too. Someone on the show said, choose wonder over worry. Yes. And yeah. There's another thing. So, so I bought the timeshare. Then I went to the timeshare and I was walking around and I thought, and I would never have had this. So look at how it, it stacks. I'm walking around there thinking, I love this place so much. It just gets things right. Imagine if I could work here. Boom. So there came the next the next piece that would provide income. So I went in and asked them and they quoted this outrageous amount because it's not cheap there. And I thought, oh, no. And then I walked out and went, oh, really? If you do that, you're encouraging others to stretch and you're stretching. So you get to be here, you get to teach here and you get paid for it. Is that a win or is that a win? It's a win, 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 win. Wouldn't have had that idea if I hadn't have taken that first step. I happiness happiness requires courage. Yes. Yes, it does. Okay. Checking back in with Queens. Now, what do you think? See, it's, I mean, it's all just so good. It make it, to me, it's like, I don't really have much more to say besides like that. It makes sense. Like once you just, you switch this mindset, I think money is something that like in our society is like held on this like golden, you know, freaking pedestal right and so all of us are just so scared of it and the people who aren't scared of it are the ones that are thriving right so it's like you once you switch your mindset around it like everything will fly so it just it makes sense and i'm excited to be friends with money so thank you judy welcome i agree i think i liked what you're saying maria about how if you stifle yourself with money then you can't dream because if you're so worried about that like that's all your your time and your mind is consumed with like you don't you're not giving yourself the space like to even think or about those possibilities if you're so concerned with it all the time um and i mean you talk about this like with the energy reserve like with your cup Mm -hmm. like what are you giving your time to and your energy to if a lot of it is money and it's so consumed with that then yeah you're just like okay what's the next paycheck instead of okay how am i going to expand my business like what do i want to actually do how can i make this dream a reality like you did judy so yeah, I, I I agree. It's just expanding your mind and, and money can expand your mind in all areas. Yeah. I love what Pooja said and I love what you said because you've just given me another piece. What we've got to do is switch off the money nightmare and switch on the dream. Yep. Yep. So cool. Well, I think we're going to leave it right there because that is a great way to uh, to go out. Switch off the money nightmare, turn on the dream, friends. Listen to this 54 times because it might take that many times to really let it sink in (laughs) because this is a long held belief and a long held uh, thing. Um, I'm having flashbacks to buying my first house and oh my God, what if I can't, 
I only have 13 week contracts. What, what if I can't, what if I, and my friend was like, Maria, fire the last shot. You'll be fine. And if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have bought my first house. And so, um, hopefully this is us being your friends to say, go out and buy those shoes. You deserve them and go out and do what you have to do to invest in yourself. And don't be afraid because the scarcity is, is going to stifle you. You can't dream if you're stifled. I love it. Judy, thank you as always. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. This is one of my favorite subjects. It's a beautiful thing. All right. Well, um, Judy Wilkins Smith is the Instagram. The book is called Decoding Your Emotional Blueprint, A Powerful Guide to Transformation Through Disentangling Multi-Generational Patterns. Um, Check it out uh, in the link below. And um, yeah, Judy, we'll see you again soon. Sounds good to me anytime. Thank you. One of my favorite episodes ever. (laughs) I know, right? Well, she gave so much. And I think money, like money is such a hard topic. Like even like Mm -hmm. I need to go back and listen to it. It was hard for me to like come up with things during because it's like it, there's such a block there. Like I think for so many people. So I I love when we get to talk about this because I just think everyone needs it. And she is such a cool way of looking at it. It's like, it makes so much sense though. Yeah. I love it. No, I love it. I love when she said too, like when you have money, you can serve people more. My mom always Mm. said that she's like, we're able to help, you know, in general and people are able to help others because they don't have to worry about that, you know, and it's not selfish or bad or, you know, anything to want more money. Like that's not a selfish thing. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and I so agree, like you, you can do so much when you have, when you have the means and, and it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I mean, queen, like, you know, when you were having to spend your savings on your stomach, you were having like a heart attack. Oh, honestly, honestly, still kind of am, which I need to get over. And it it doesn't, (laughs) and it doesn't help your gut, but instead you should be so proud that you actually saved money as a 26, however old you were when you started saving that money. Do you know what I'm saying? You should be so proud that you are a 20 something in this day and age, and you've saved all this money. You already have a nest egg and that it's there for you when you need it most. Right. And it was there for that purpose. Mm -hmm. You're right. That's a really great way of looking at it and thank myself for doing that and yeah, having it to spend on that, which I need. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I said recently. Um, when Max needed stem cells for his shoulder, I threw up in my mouth when they told me how much it was going to cost, but it was the only other option that we knew of that could help him. And I said, well, <laughs> I have his stem cells. I have my dad's stem cells. I started thinking about all, oh, I have to get my dad's teeth fixed. There's all these very, very large bills. And I said, okay, Maria, but that's what the money is for. If you're not going to take care of the health of your loved ones with it, what are you going to use it on? Right? right. Right. Now, was I ever not going to No, that's never been something that is okay with me, but it's still shocks you and you feel it in your gut why do we have to make ourselves sick i know i'm like i'm sure we lose years <laughs> off of our lives and we yeah. always get to the same ending like you said it's yeah. like well i'm gonna do it so like and drop that and, middle <laughs> yeah and think about you kelsey right what did you say earlier your family taught you how to work hard right yeah mm-hmm. and your dad would work days and nights and whatever yep all I've seen of you is that you're willing to work days and nights. So are you ever going to have a problem? No, no. 
I know. Nope. I know. So now, like, this is what I think we need in life. We need that voice of reality near us all the time, right? So we're your voices of reality on the regular, right? How often are we sitting there and like giving you the extra 20 years that we have on our lives to share with you guys directly, you and Pooja? Always. Right? Is Kelsey gone? Is she here? No, I would just want to talk <laughs> she was, over. She I was nodding in agreement. <laughs> um, so, so everybody needs to have that person in their life. That's their voice of reason. Now we get to do that here as a heel squad and help people get to those kind of conclusions too. But, you know, if I didn't have Kevin being my voice of reason and be like, Maria, what are you afraid of? Right. It, I would be held back. I said, I would have this, this, the first penny I ever made <laughs> still. And where would that have gotten mm-hmm. me? Not to where I am now. Truly. That's yeah. why, so, you know, it goes back to two, what we always talk about, right? It's like surrounding yourself with the right people, you know, yeah. and the people who are going to like push you in those right ways. You know? Yeah. So you I agree. Yeah. Balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like my mom, she's very, she's so comfortable with spending now, you know, and she's has always been more cause she's like, we're fine. We're working. Like, and my dad is very much like, you bought me this, whatever you bought me, like, this is too much return it right now. And my mom's like, no, you work crazy. You're going to keep it and you're going to enjoy it. And he always does, obviously, but like you need that yin and yang. Cause of course, like then it's good. Then he's like, you know, maybe we should save a little bit more. And my mom's like, okay, yeah. So you need that balance. And yep. we're all lucky to have each other to, to, to have a sounding board, you know? Totally. Kevin and I are yin and yang, as you guys know, from being around us so much. Um, I was the saver. He was the spender. Again, I'm not saying he's like some big spender, um, but, but I, I have to, shift my ways a little bit because I'm not doing myself any justice because that's what I was saying to, to you guys in the show. I stifled myself so much that I stopped dreaming Mm -hmm. and that's not good because we are capable of so much and we are supposed to keep on growing. But if we want to stay small, cause we're afraid and don't make any moves, don't spend, don't do this, don't do that. Um, you know, it's, it's not going to help you in, in the bigger picture. So, um, go buy that suitcase friends, um, go visit our shop page. Cause we have really good stuff on our shop page. There you go. Heck yeah. <laughs> Maria Um, anyhow, actually I have to go on there cause I want to get, um, some more of my true botanical stuff. Oh, they um, were having a sale too. So oh! maybe they still are. Let's see. Hey, I wonder what kind of sale I'll get. I know. Right. All right, friends. I hope this episode was helpful to you. If you resonated, if it connected, if it gave you an aha moment, please share that with us, whether it's through a review at Apple Podcasts, we'll put the link below or on social media at Better Together with Maria. Let us know what you thought, what you loved and how you are going to make changes. If you're watching YouTube right now, put in the comments how you're going to start changing your relationship with money and uh, keep us posted because you might have a breakthrough that we haven't had yet. And if we share it, we will all get better together. All right. In the meantime, be nice people, make good choices and be present. Hey, Heal Squad. We have been on quite the journey together and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better. And it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it. And we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show 
or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heel Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heel events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heel Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much and we love doing this thing called life with you.